Welcome to Real Creative Leadership, a place where creative leaders can find insights and practical guidance on the day-to-day job of being a creative leader. We focus on real issues, topics, and insights of creativity in the business world. Join me as we explore the best strategies for developing your team, getting others to embrace your vision, and generating amazing experiences. This webinar series is produced by The Stoke Group. I'm your host, Adam Morgan, Adobe Executive Creative Director and author of Sorry Spock Emotions Drive Business. And this is Real Creative Leadership. Since we're in the world of being a creative leader, it seems pretty obvious that the core skills that you have on your team are most likely the ones you're going to scale. Design, writing, video, sometimes project management. Um, those are really the, the main skills that you're looking for help if you're on the creative team trying to flex. Um, and let's talk about these separately because like the one that's really different is video. Video is a completely different animal usually, or it has been in times past. Maybe we'll just focus on that for a minute. So uh, in my experience, even at you know, in-house departments or an agency, in the past, you know, 15, 20 years ago, we really didn't have video capabilities on, on the staff. Um, it was almost always where you'd go out and you'd go to a production company and you'd find the right director and you'd find the right production uh, team and then go out and film and do something and then they'd edit it and then bring it back. In fact, it wasn't uncommon for us to go out and say, we're going to hire this production company for the editor and for the this one, for the uh, we're going to bring in our own um, director. We're going to go somewhere else over here where we're going to do the the coloring and they're going to do sweetening and sound with, an, with another group. So they were all used to, and I think that's kind of like the, the TV production way, is they're just all hired guns or all small um, production groups. And then they all come together on different projects in different ways. Um, so, And that still happens today. There are still times we'll go out and we'll shoot a TV spot and we'll bring on a certain director and a, and a production company to manage the whole process, and that still happens. Um, but what I'm seeing more and more... <clears throat> um, on the agency side, sometimes I've seen where people are hiring motion graphics uh, people right off the bat um, so that because they have a lot of video work with their company. And if you have uh, the need for a lot of video work, then that makes sense. Um, or even like at Adobe at a big company, we will have a, a film and video department where they're, and it's mostly, I would say, even still our model is most of the people on that team are producers and we'll still reach out for the right uh, talent, meaning the right director or the right editor or whatever it may be to get the project done. So we still use a lot of, a lot of production houses to get our work done. And the way, that's the way we flex. But the reason why we have in-house producers is so that we have a consistency and quality and control over the, the flow and the type and the style of projects that we do. Um, so if you are, let's say you were a smaller company like Jonathan Finehour, where you're needing to get up and running, um, you may only go with an outside video vendor because that's who you need to come in and quickly just do a, a you just need a video and you're not going to do videos all the time. You just need like one video and maybe another one in six months. And so that's definitely the model that you should go with is a production agency for just uh, film. Um, and let's say, again, back to the other example of Open Creative, if you're a small little one or two person shop, um, most likely it all it's all based on what what you're selling for your small agency. If you're selling traditional print design, then absolutely you're gonna to have to flex in video. If you're selling uh, that you're all just video all up, then yes, you're, you're going to scale more video. So 
it, it's really hard for me to answer that, but just thinking in terms of what your, your options are, most likely it's whatever you're missing is what you're going to scale and, and go out and find. But there are some pretty common ones. Like in my experience, no matter what scenario it was, here are usually the ones when you're growing or scaling, these are the skills that you need most. Um, it'll start out that you usually, your first hire or your first scale up is usually going to be a designer. Because um, most likely if it's a small startup, you know the product, you know the things that you want, you know what you need to say. You just need someone who's got good design skills. And, and you know, the truth is everyone's a writer, which sucks, but um, everyone thinks that. And so the first person they hire is usually not a writer, but usually a designer. But then the second person that I often find is a writer. So it's like it goes designer, writer, designer, and then probably a production person, and then maybe a project manager, and then video, depending on your company. So video is not the same to everyone. That's why I wanted to call that out. That's a special thing based on your needs. But that's usually the order that I see. So if you're if you're scaling up, you can let's say you already have a designer and you need to scale up, you get your second designer. And usually one writer can feed two designers. And so that's why it'll be like a designer, writer, designer. So you'll always have a, a couple more designers than you do writers, at least for a smaller company. Um, because design takes oftentimes takes a little bit longer time than writing. So um, that's usually what I see. And then once you get enough people where you're scaling and you're like, okay, now my team consists of two or three designers and one or two writers, then it hits that wall where it's like, there's just too much going on and I need production help or project management help. And that's usually the next step to help organize all that work. Because in small groups like uh, Terry and Julie, like if they only have a couple people in their company, they can usually project manage their own work, right? So they'll be able to take the calls, intake all the projects, go and do the stuff and then deliver it. And it's usually fine. And then they're usually just looking for skills to hand off. Like I'll keep, they'll continue to do the project management and the, and the relationship and they'll just bring in hired guns to do some of the design or some of the writing. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, those walls because there certainly are walls that you hit in your, when you're going through growth that I've seen. Uh, when you scale up and then you're going to hit a wall and then you have to really overcome that wall in order to, to move beyond it. So that's just, you know, if it's helpful, what skills you say, scale, it obviously depends on what your needs are. But those are that's the stuff that I'm more commonly seeing is... Um, you definitely, you know, you think about it in terms of this. You want consistency. If you went out and just hired a whole bunch of freelancers, you'd get just a dog's breakfast of work, right? And it, all over the place. And you and that's not consistent and it's hard to grow and scale that way. So if you, you know, maybe you have an established writer and they will establish the voice of all the things and then you can bring in different designers and styles to add to that. Or if not, you want to bring, you know, you, you want to look for ways that you can scale and still maintain. And that's why it's important that you don't just go crazy and hire a million freelancers because then it causes actually more work for you because you have to get them up to speed. You have to help them understand it. So sometimes it really does make sense to mix it up. Hire a full-time person and then scale freelance for some of the other things. Or go to an agency and then have them do it all. You know, going back to the examples, Jonathan Feinauer, he came to me and said, hey, we just started this new finance company I don't have a creative department, but where do I go first? And he didn't have the money to just go and just start with a, a full-time, you know, full-service agency. What he needed was either a freelance agency or a small boutique agency. Um, someone that, you know, that's smaller in size and had more reasonable uh, rates so that he could use them as his flex and his creative, basically his creative department. Um, so anyhow, that's really all the stuff. It's really important to just know what options are out there. But again, keep in mind of all those agency types, you know, I went through the main agency types, but 
make sure you think about video because video is a totally different animal. And there are a lot of boutique video shops or boutique, uh, production agencies that are out there. Some focused on motion graphics, some focused on live action, some that do all of it. And it's almost like the same thing as, as those examples I had before from freelancers to full-time agencies to, or sorry, full service agencies to boutiques. They have all those same things, but just with video. All right. So the next question we want to move on to is how do you find them? So you've gone through and you're like, okay, I know I need to scale. I know I need more people on my team. I think I need either freelancers or I need an agency. How do I find them? So the reality is <clears throat> agencies are a lot easier to find. You can do a search and just look for agencies in your city. Um, you can ask for recommendations of other companies. What agencies do they use? Like, I, th I think it's really easy to find agencies. That's not the problem. Usually when we're talking about how to find them, and when I'm talking agency, I'm talking whether it's a boutique, whether it's a contractor agency, whether it's a you know a full service agency, you know all of those, their job is to get, they want you to find them, so they're gonna make it easy to find them just through simple Google searches or um, sometimes there'll be you know lists. You can get a list of your, your the local agencies in your town, whatever. Like I think those are easier to find. Where most often I have people ask me the question is how do I find freelancers? Maybe you're like, you know, a situation where you just don't have a network because to be honest, that's where it starts is your network. Um, for me, it's easier because I'm around creative people all the time and I've worked at a lot of different agencies. I have a network of free of freelancers. I know who I can go to or I can contact this person who has a friend who has a friend. You know, it's like it's much easier. The people who have a hard time scaling are those who don't have a network. And so that's what I want to address right now is how do you find the right freelancers when you don't have a network, when you don't when you're not plugged in? So. Here are some of the ways you can do it. Um, and some of these are actually fun, just good good uh, tips on how to find freelancers. So the first place, which is easy, is going to LinkedIn. Um, this is something that wasn't around before. We didn't have it, but now it's super easy. You can just go do a search and say, uh, whatever the skill set is, creative director or writer or designer in your town, and just do a search and you'll come up with a list of them. So that's a good way of finding a bunch of them and then you just reach out to them. The trick is, how do I know if they're any good? Um, and that's where something like Behance comes in. Behance is kind of like that, but it's more focused on creatives. So when you go to Behance, and this is not me just plugging Adobe. I mean, I used Behance before I even ever uh, worked for Adobe. Behance is just great because <clears throat> you're searching for specific skill sets and then you see their work, you see their portfolio. So this is mostly really, really great for illustration, design, um, more visual arts than it is writing. But it is awesome because you do your search and then you're not limited to just the people in your town. It could be anywhere in the world. In fact, at Adobe, we still use Behance a lot. We may find some awesome illustrator who's in Ukraine um, or we may find someone who's, you know, we've got one that we use in London who's amazing and we just found him on, on Behance. Um, so it's just a matter of, you know, sometimes they'll list their rates on there. There are a lot of other websites out there from the Fivers to whatever. Um, and I'm not saying you have to only go Behance. You go to whatever website you want. I'm just saying usually with one of those platforms, the benefit is you see the person, you see their skill sets, you see their portfolio, you can look through it and see if it fits the style you're going for, and then you, you can see pricing. And if it doesn't show pricing, it's usually an easy email just to find out what their costs are, and then you can go from there. And we're gonna talk about costs in a minute, so let's I'm gonna hold off on that. So anyhow, obviously, there those are great options. LinkedIn, Behance, whatever it may be. But the problem with that is you still don't know, you don't know any of the people. So it's just still a blind, it's like a blind trial, right? 
So here are some other ways that I've gone out to find people to avoid the blind taste test. Um, so number one, schools and professors. So what I'll do is I'll go to the local university, find out who the professor is that is in charge of the local creative, you know, design program, whatever it may be, um, writing, any anything that is a need that you have. Sometimes I find it's just the, the marketing or the advertising um, department because they'll have people who are still trying to, you know, not just be project managers or account people, but also the creatives. So I'll get a relationship with the professor and then I'll check in with them every once in a while and say, hey, I'm looking for this. Is there any of one of your students or even a student who graduated a couple of years ago or someone who's looking for something? And then I can, and then I get the professor can say, hey, this person is a, is a rock star and they have done all these great projects and we, you know, had them on the school newspaper and they did this and this and that. And so it's a way of vetting at least young talent. Obviously, this is young, um, fresh talent. But if I'm looking for freelance and I still want some, some you know, good talent, but I have a low budget, that's an awesome option. So contact the low professors and just get that relationship now because you never know when you'll need it. And it could even just not be for freelance. It could be for full time. Like I'm hiring who's, who's someone you recommend, especially, you know, graduation time in April, who's looking. <clears throat> okay. The next one I love using is just, if you have no network, you don't know where to go, where I, where I have found a ton of talent is through local clubs and local clubs, meaning the AAF, American Advertising Federation, AIGA, um, marketing club. Like there's just so many different professional organizations. So what you just need to do is just find in your city which clubs. And chances are there's an AIGA. Chances are there's an AAF. Um, and all of these programs or all of these clubs usually have a um, some sort of an awards program. So <clears throat> AIGA has the AIGA 100. AAF has the, the, the Addies, which is now the American Advertising uh, Awards. And then what I do is I'll go to those the websites of those clubs and then I'll get a book or a listing of the last award show. So let's say it was the Addies in the past. I'd get the Addies book for the local town and I would just flip through and see all the awesome work and then look and see who did it and find the names. And that's when I would know, okay, I definitely need that person. Whether I'm hiring them full-time or I just want them for freelance, that's a good way to see the stuff they've done because A, it's vetted that they've won. I mean, obviously awards are one measurement, um, <clears throat> but they've, they've produced great work and they've shown that they can do it and they're, you know, they're recognized. So that's an awesome trick. Go to the AIGA, go to the AAF, attend one of their local events, network, find people, ask around. Like you could just show up at one of those events and say, Hey, I'm looking for a designer. I'm looking for a great, uh, you know, motion graphics person. And everyone will be happy to, to give you names because Half of them are all still looking for work. So anyhow, that is one of the best tricks I would have is if you really need to flex and you don't have any network, go to go to them and you'll instantly find some people. Um, beyond that, it's the same thing if you want, go talk to some of the local agencies. Like, and you could say, hey, who, you know, if, if there's an agency that you normally used in your past life, go to them and say, who's looking for freelance? Who's a good writer? Who's a good designer? Who's a good whatever? whether it's full-time work or it's for freelance. And that's a good way of building up a network. If you don't have it, ask other people who you work with or other companies in your town, you know, who's your agency? Who do you work with? Who do you use? And that's a good way of just getting plugged in. Because once you're plugged into the local agency scene, man, there are just so many people who moonlight or who do freelance or who are looking for work or looking to jump. Um, and I would say it's not even just, I mean, agency is just awesome because there's a collection of it. 
beyond that, you can move beyond agencies and just go to the big companies around. Like you could say, all right, here are the five big companies in town. They have to have a creative department and then just start asking around. Um, another one, and these last two are, it doesn't have to be local. I mean, even just like with Behance and we were finding people in, in Ukraine, you don't have to stay local. So look for the awesome agencies you've heard of in different towns. You know, there are a lot of big famous agencies or, or production houses that are anywhere and they, you know, they may do awesome motion graphics and you just go use them. So you can do searches for them. You can look the same thing through the award shows. That's that's another thing that I've done a lot in my career is I'll either go to Communication Arts or The One Show or Cannes, Lions, and just look on their website and see who's doing the work. Not just the agencies or the companies, but the individuals who are doing it. Um, it's a little bit of cyber stalking, but you find the talent, right? So if you're like, that certain spot, that viral video is exactly what I want. Go look it up in the award shows. Go to one show. They seem to have the most breadth because their awards books are so massive versus like CA that's smaller. Um, and it's all online. So I can go through and say, I love that spot. Who is the director or who is the writer? Or who is the designer um, You know, on that website? Whatever it may be. And then you can find the people and then and then see where they're working and, and, and contact them. Or maybe you'll say, that's the agency I want to go with. I'll just go with the agency. So those are some of the tips and tricks that I've used. Find the award show books. Go to the local clubs. Uh, check with professors. Go to the local agencies. And if the local stuff's not working, then just go national um, and just find them. And then, of course, obviously, the networks. So LinkedIn, Behance, whatever. There's a lot of, a lot of great talent out there and a lot of ways to find them. So... It shouldn't be a challenge with, with that in mind. It just takes a little time to, to sleuth and figure it out. All right, next, how do you know if they're talented? So um, I talked about that a minute ago in, you know, there are some, some of those methods are built in. Like if I'm looking at an award show, it's a guess that they're somewhat talented. If I'm looking at, or I'm talking to a professor, I can, I can find out from them if they're, you know, motivated, talented, you know, all, all that good stuff. But really, it's all word of mouth. So how do you find out if someone is talented? Um, it's really about connections and relationships. Because obviously, the, the easy answer is look at their portfolio. If I'm looking at a Behance or I'm, if I'm looking to hire someone full time, I'm going to look at their portfolio. Um, and as a creative leader, leader you should know uh, good work from bad work. So obviously, the first answer is, is look at their work. Um, and I'll tell you, when I'm doing that, what I'm really looking for is for an anomaly. Um, and what I mean by that is I've looked at hundreds and hundreds of books and what, what I'm really looking for is something that's unique, something that's different, something I haven't seen before. And whether that's writing or video or design, you're looking through that book to see if they have a special style or something different that they've tried. Because it's so easy that someone could just take a book and go copy all the greats or, you know, get an award show and just copy all of that. And then you don't know if they're any good or if they're copying stuff. So look for the anomaly. Uh, look for something that they've written or done that's just so different that just makes you feel something completely different. So that's what I would look for. Um, the other thing that's really important when you're knowing if they're talented is how many different styles they have. So obviously if you find that anomaly or they have a specific style that you're going for, this is really easy with illustrators or designers. They have a style and you're hiring them for that style. But if I'm looking for someone for full-time, I absolutely want to look and make sure that they have multiple styles because I don't want to get stuck in that one style and that's it. And then when our brand moves beyond that style, do I have to fire them because that's all they've got? I'm looking for people who have multiple styles. And usually if you do like a test project with them and say, here, here's this project, let's do it freelance. And they'll come back 
And if they give you three options and all three of them are basically the same idea, just three versions of it, then that's a good indicator that they, they have that one style. But if you have some that come back and they're like, here's one and then here's a completely different idea and different style and here's another completely different idea and a style, that is pure gold. Because that way you know that they'll be able to think outside the box and really come at <clears throat> the problem with different points of view and give you different styles. So you know they're talented if they can come up with multiple styles. Now that's not to say that this, this is a tough question because some people have an awesome style and that's what makes them famous. Um, you know, whether you're a director or you're making movies or you're making, you know, writing books and you have that style and that's what we go to for your articles because that style. If that's the case, great. Um, I'm just saying like when I'm scaling my team, if that style is one that 100% will work with me for the future, then awesome sauce, go for it. But sometimes it's not. And so I just need to look for people who have multiple styles, whether you're a writer or design. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, so that's when you're looking for, for talent. There are also issues of sometimes you're just looking for production work. You don't, you're not looking for, you have that rock star who's coming up with the ideas and what you need to scale is getting stuff done faster. Um, <clears throat> there's that old rule. It's the three things. It's either speed, quality, or price, right? In our world, th those are the three big factors and you cannot have all three. You can never have all three. Uh, whether you're an agency or you're an individual, you know, that's just the rule of thumb, the adage of you can have one for sure and maybe two, but never three. So if you're going for production, you're going for speed and price, right? If you're going for an awesome talent, you're going to go for quality and, uh, and then maybe speed. I don't know, mostly quality. So again, if you're looking like how talented they are, if you're going for production, then it's, you're looking for a minimum threshold. Um, and it's usually like, how fast are they? How if you can't find from someone else or find and vet that out, because when I'm hiring a production person, you don't see that on their portfolio. You don't, you don't see that on their website. And so sometimes we do just like simple minimum threshold tests. Like we'll give them a production test. Or if you're doing, you know, production copy, we'll give you a copy test or a design test that just lets me see how fast, how quickly, how, um, how much quality there is in the work and just, you know, have them come in and interview and do that test and then you'll and then you'll know or you just send it out to them and say hey let's do this freelance project and it's really just a test to see how you know hit those time money and and, and quality issues so that's always the thing if you can try them out on a small project great and then, and so that's as a creative leader you should be doing these different things at all times you, you should be looking at the networks you should be looking at the you know the the clubs you should be trying some freelance projects of someone right now that you maybe you don't need them right now, but you know, in six months you might need them. Um, and, and you're talking with agencies, like you're building relationships. Like that is a big part of being a creative leader is doing all of these things with all of those groups all the time and keeping that network built because that is one of your, you know, your secret, secret superpowers is your network, your ability to go out and find and flex and scale and do things and find the right person for the right job at the right moment. So, I encourage you, if you are going to be a good creative leader, this whole story of scale and finding all these people and building a network is huge. So start doing it now. Like Start <clears throat> even when you don't need it because it may not even be this job. It may be your next job that you 100% need all these um, connections. So all these things I'm talking about, just, just get going, get doing it. I want to thank Stoke for producing this podcast. They do an amazing job of getting this out to all of you. And uh, thank you for all of you for listening, whether you are coming to the webinar or listening later on the podcast. I appreciate it. And we will see you at the next episode of Real Creative Leadership with Adam Martin.